T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. On the phone with us, Scott Angel, the longest-serving director of the U.S. Bureau of Safety and Environmental Enforcement. It also held positions in Louisiana as lieutenant governor and secretary of Louisiana Department of Natural Resources. Lots on your resume, sir. Thank you for being here this morning. Well, thank you, Ryan. It's good to be uh, joining you from the 18th great state of the union as we look north to our friends in the 24th great state of the union. As you take in those mighty Missouri River waters and sending them down to the mighty Mississippi, it's good to be with some folks in Missouri today. <laughs> you're right. You're right. And we have a, a connection. I think you guys are, of course, the biggest uh, of uh, Mardi Gras celebration in the country. We're the second biggest, but nobody really pays attention to us because you guys are that much bigger than we are. I, I didn't realize that, but uh, you know, uh, it's it's you know, the, as long as we got Mardi Gras, the rest of y'all playing playing for second place. Glad to know, <laughs> glad to know that you got that award. So. Yeah, we are. We're we're in second place, but nobody really right. cares too much about that when they compare it to New Orleans. But uh, let's talk about energy right now because that is the uh, the topic du jour. Everybody's paying more right now than they had last year at this time, and certainly in the last couple of years under Trump. What has changed? Well, look, I think at the end of the day, I think we stop and we recognize that there has been a a tone uh, out of D.C. to actually vilify American production. Uh, We have never vilified. It's it's probably been since the days of prohibition that we've actually vilified a singular industry as much as we have the energy industry in the last year. And the results haven't been favorable, right? And, you know, it's been a year since uh, since we've had a change of administration. And in one year, gasoline prices have increased 41 percent. Uh, you know, within the first several weeks of the administration, the White House elected to take public lands and waters, right? The, the lands and the waters that we own as Americans kind of push them aside and say, we don't really favor uh, energy development on those properties, although for probably 65 years between 13 presidents of both parties, that had been uh, much of the policy of the nation. And all of us, all of us are absolutely in favor of improving the environment. I think what we would say is that we are absolutely in favor of improving the environment without wrecking the economy. And there's a way to do it. And, you know, we just look at history since 1973, Ryan from 1973 to 2019, we've had six recessions in this country. And each one of those recessions were preceded by a spike in energy prices. Mm. In a lot of ways, as goes America's access to affordable, not cheap, affordable energy, so goes 
our country's economic performance. It's not debatable. And sometimes, somewhere along ago, you know, we have these these two big E's, one of them called environment and one of them called energy. One E, environmental energy, seems to be a blue state issue. Red E, a red state issue, energy. I think, quite frankly, there's a third E out there, and it's purple, and it's called the economy. And it is critically important that we have a balance of those three E's, just like a three-legged bar stool. If you knock off off one of those legs on a three-legged bar stool, you know what happens. Mm-hmm. And we out of balance right now, and we are saying no to American production at the same time, asking for OPEC to increase production. That's not a solution. That's an insult to American energy workers. Yeah, Scott, you know your stuff. I mean, you're the longest-serving director of the U.S. Bureau of Safety and Environmental Re- Enforcement, and <laughs> among many other titles. So I, I, I don't want to get caught up in talking points. It's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, because we— as conservatives have kind of latched on and this is easy to do because there's so many issues that you kind of you only have so much space in your brain but one of the things that we've all kind of latched on to is Biden shut down the Keystone XL pipeline therefore we have higher <clears throat> energy prices higher gas prices right now how connected are those two things in reality or are we just saying a talking point well look I think they all connected I think that like anything else right uh you know, uh, I, I'm reminded of the example. If you if you're going on a trip and you got a backpack on your back, and and somebody puts a you know one little pebble in it, well, one little pebble in of itself may not be a problem, but another pebble and another pebble and another pebble. Before you know it, you got you you start to get a little bit of weight on you, and that's what's happening in this country. You know, this decision, whether it's Keystone, the decision to not have. A leasing in the Gulf of Mexico is absolutely absurd. And it's absurd because it's contrary to the environmental goals of which this administration says they favor. Very important that the Gulf of Mexico production is the lowest carbon intensity per barrel production in the United States of America and the best uh the most favorable venting and flaring of methane in all of America. It makes no sense whatsoever to be saying to our country, we are going to shut down environmentally or climate advantage production. And then at the same time in August of this year, ask OPEC to increase production that is environmentally less sensitive, climate less sensitive. It it makes me wonder what is what is going on here, because, look, I understand elections have consequences. I get that. I really, really do. And you get to put a policy in place that you say you want. I get that. I understand it. But when you at one point say you are for improving the environment, it's called global warming, not USA warming. But at the same time, you're saying no to USA energy workers. You're saying yes to OPEC workers in in foreign countries because the molecules are all being emitted. We don't really get it here in America when our administration is saying no to domestic production and at the same time saying yes to foreign production. That's just absurd. So it's not a talking point for me. It's just trying to figure out how can it be that the Gulf of Mexico has this climate advantage? America owns it. We generate a lot of royalties. Those royalties go to pay for the Great American Outdoors Act. The Great American Outdoors Act invests in restoration of national parks and other great uh, assets that our country owns. The Great American Outdoors Act is the greatest bipartisan legislation in probably 50 years, all funded by offshore royalties. 
So what we're doing now is a matter of policy of saying no to those revenues and no to those energy values, those molecules. And we're saying, let's get them from OPEC. You know, so I don't know what meeting I'll miss. And it's not talking points for me. It's just facts. Scott Angel is on the phone with us, longest serving director of the U.S. Bureau of Safety, Environmental Enforcement. So why do you think that Biden has done this? Is he did he get in office and say, well, anything Trump was doing, we're just going to do the opposite? Or is there something else at play here? You know, you know, I, I try to, to, to never make the politics personal. And I, I, that's my, been my career. Uh, you know, people I don't judge why people make their decisions. I just take the decision as what it is. And I try to overlay with the facts. When, you know, when I see a factual study that in 2020, Wood McKenzie said that at least about 74 percent of the oil that we import into the United States has a higher carbon intensity than the production that we have in this country. And yet we 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 call on OPEC to give us more. It, it, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Don't take my words for it. A 2016 Obama Biden report concluded that. Without Gulf of Mexico lease sales, we would have higher greenhouse gas emissions in America because we would have to count on foreign produced oil, which often has higher uh, carbon intensity. So it's hard for me to figure out. Again, I'm not judging personally. I'm just looking at the facts. I know that senior citizens right now, it's not just gasoline. We talk a lot about gasoline, but I'm telling you, my brother. And you can pay attention to this, and you can call me in a month, and we'll talk about it. You're going to hear some screaming in America. You're going to hear some screaming in America in about another two to four weeks when that bill, that utility bill, okay, or that electric bill comes in. You know, we go to gas pump once a week or twice a week. So we see those incremental moves. We see the two cents, the four cents, the six cents, the eight cents. We only get that utility bill once a month. And I'm telling you, with this cold weather that we have had and with the run-up of natural gas prices as a result of vilified supply, you are going to hear people who are going to be living in poverty. You're going to hear senior citizens living on a fixed income who are going to have to make a choice, some tough choices. You have senior citizens in this country within another two to four weeks who will be making a choice between paying for prescription drugs or paying for utility bills. That's ridiculous, and it's a self-inflicted wound. Again, don't take my word for it. Wall Street Journal not too long ago came out and said that we need to quit vilifying our foreign, our domestic producers in favor of OPEC producers, it's a supply problem. Mm-hmm. We have a supply problem, and we can fix it. And the offshore sector is owned and regulated by the federal government. It's the only area in all of the country that is both owned and regulated by the federal government, all of our offshore provinces. So there's solutions. It's time for course correction. I don't judge why they're doing it. I'm just telling the facts don't ma- don't don't line up to what we should be doing. Scott, let me ask you this question before we run out of time, and, and it's really not a political question so much as just a pocketbook question. Because you said, you know, within a month or a couple of weeks, whenever your next bill comes out, you're right. We've all seen much colder temperatures in the last couple of weeks than we have the rest of this winter. We're in Missouri and Illinois. Um, you're in Louisiana. I talked about the Keystone XL pipeline. You're talking about that. You're talking also about Gulf you know, drilling in the Gulf. Are there parts of the country that are going to be hit by this worse than others? Are we kind of in the center of the country going to be better off than maybe the coast, or does it work that way? You know, I don't know enough about uh, the, the, the power sources in the state of Missouri. Missouri, to me, is a very, very uh, awesome place, and, and I would assume that they've made some, some, some solid decisions along the way 
on 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 their energy sector. Look, at the end, I think the Northeast is gonna is gonna get hammered more than anybody. So I, I would say that I would say that when you have that much population in an area that has not been the most uh, favorable to uh, energy expansion over the last say decade. Uh, I would think the Northeast, and they've had they've had you know the the tougher temperatures, if you would. So I think they're going to get hammered the most. Uh, but everybody's going to feel it. I was uh, talking to folks in Georgia a couple of weeks ago. You know, uh, about forty percent of America's electricity is generated from the use of natural gas. In Flor- in Georgia, it's forty nine percent. I don't know what it is in Missouri, but anybody that's using uh, those products are, are going to feel it. And again, natural gas. Five years ago, it was a lot cheaper than it is today. And one of the reasons that we need to take a look at it is we need to quit vilifying and criminalizing the U.S. energy workers that go out every day, put on their hard hats, put on their steel toe boots, kiss their families goodbye. And, Ryan, I like to say this. I think this is appropriate. You know, I, I, I grew up in a small town here in Louisiana, one of nine kids, and I had fabulous, fabulous school teachers. And I love the saying, old cliche, that if you can read, thank a teacher. I think that's so true, and I think our teachers deserve our, our gratitude. I'd also like to add to that. If you can read at night in your warm home, thank a teacher and a USA energy worker. And that's what we got to get back to. We got to get back to energy transition, rational kind of thinking that allows us to improve our environment without wrecking our economy. And we do that by balancing the three E's, balance in energy, balance in environment, and balance in the economy. When one of those get out of whack, the whole house comes crawl, cr- crumbling down. Scott Angel, you are a wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much for your time this, time this morning. Longest serving director of the U.S. Bureau of, Bureau of Safety and Environmental Enforcement. I would love to talk to you again sometime. Thank you so much. Good. Thank you, Ron. Have a great day. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 